Imagine for a moment that you've worked for a single business for nearly your entire career. After 20 years of service, sitting at the very top of the chain, you are tasked with rebranding a century-old organization that's had the same mark for 40 years. You plan and plan and plan, everything's on the right track. And then two days before that magic milestone moment, everything derails. How would you describe a situation like that? Worst case scenario or perfect? The answer as laid out in today's interview might surprise you. But just to be sure, come on in with me to another episode of Authentic Avenue. Coldwell Banker, a veritable North Star of the real estate world, which this year will turn 115 years old. David Marine is their chief marketing officer, and the story I laid out in the teaser is his. And today we talk about how 2020 flipped his world in particular, as well as how it helped revolutionize not only the real estate business, but Coldwell's as well. More on that, plus the changing consumer behaviors he's noticed, influencers in real estate, and we explore a few more corners of the marketing world in which David is particularly interested, like the ever-changing ad creation process and the streaming wars. Even though today's feature is all about a business based on you moving, I'd encourage you to stay put and listen to his perspective. With that, I'll get out of the way and let you hear as I get real with Coldwell Banker and David Marine. David, how you doing? Thanks so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. It is good to talk to you at the beginning of the year. Although uh, I would say the, la- the last time that we spoke and listeners, if you have not researched thoroughly the life of, and times of David Marine, you, you will find <laughs> out that he's an avid sports fan and sports are uh, something which has been all over the place, as a Giants fan, I know, painful earlier this week, and uh, we're crossing our fingers for the other ones this year, aren't we? That we are, yes. The uh, the NFL season, a little disappointing with the Giants this year, but spring training is on the horizon. I'm very hopeful about March Madness uh, probability, and the NBA is back, and I think they actually handled everything fantastic this past year. So, yes, sports is still here and around, and uh, it helps make the days go by. The NBA did do a great job. I uh, and basketball in general, I'm curious about. And that's how I'm going to start this off. But the March Madness now, as of this recording, and listeners, it'll be about a week off from the time you hear it. Right now, March Madness is all going to be in Indy. I do wonder what they're going to do for a bubble. We talked about this a little bit yesterday before this recording about what are a bunch of college kids going to do in Indy. Uh, are they going to stay true to that bubble? I don't know, but um, we we shall see. Regardless. March Madness was something that uh, was going to be a, a real page turner for Coldwell Banker, wasn't it? The last time we spoke, which was in the the late 2019, so a lot is a lot, lot of times passed. Um, <laughs> you all were on the verge of a rebrand. In fact, a, a rebrand from from an existing uh, mark and identity that had been for quite some time. I know that you've been with Coldwell for quite some time, so. 2020 hits, March Madness was going to be a moment for you. Can you help walk through that a little bit for me? Because things must have been thrown into, into craziness. Yes, uh, a little bit. You could say, I think anybody could say that about 2020 in general. Um, but yes, 2020, uh, throughout 2019, we had worked on a rebrand for the Coal Banker uh, logo, which hadn't been updated in over 42 years. So we had done all the prep work and we had shared it with the network and the plan was in 2020 that we were gonna unleash this on the world, consumers, yard sign changes, brand new ad campaign, and really we were kicking it off in conjunction with the spring selling season. And March Madness for us has been a a great vehicle to 
promote our brand and uh, excite our network. So the plan was we had this massive rebrand campaign. It was going to launch on March Madness. We released it online the week before telling everyone to tune in and that's where they're going to see it and, and really get that exposure. And then literally two days after we released the ad online is when they decided that they were going to shut down uh, March Madness in its entirety. And so that threw a bit of a wrench in the works and was kind of the uh, the beginning of what was 2020 from a business standpoint of just being able to pivot and adjust. And it really forced us to reassess, okay, how do you launch a rebrand and continue to excite your network as they're rebranding locally as well uh, amidst the pandemic and when you don't have these massive vehicles. But I, I think it was a really amazing learning experience throughout 2020 um, and I, I think I've, I've said this before to others is well, I would not have chosen 2020 as the year to rebrand knowing what happened. It actually turned out to be the perfect year for us to rebrand and telling our story and what this change meant for Cole Banker. I need to ask why, but I'm going to do that second. The first <laughs> okay. thing that I'm going to do, because that to me seems like, okay, cool. Maybe it's because you can fly under the radar but you guys have been around for a long, long time. I mean, that logo was around for a long, long time in and of itself, but you're a mainstay in terms of real estate. So I want to get to the why in a moment, but first you said that this, the whole 2020, obviously big learning experience for, for you, for everybody, of course. I mean, that's just going to have an asterisk in the record books for anyone, but how, what, what did you learn the most from it? Like, what do you think was the strongest, the strongest piece that you took away? Uh, it really cemented the fact that you need, as, as a marketer, and especially as someone who's trying to, to manage and develop a brand, the you really need great people around you. And it sounds like, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. But really, that is 100% uh, realized in 2020 because it was only because of the team that was around me, the partners uh, that have been chosen from a PR, from an ad agency and creative standpoint, that we were able to go through what was a crisis, a downturn, a craziness, and be able to come out of it with some semblance of not only success, but growth beyond what we would have expected at the beginning. Um, and I leaned on team members to extend beyond what they would ordinarily be focused on. And I looked for our, our partners to be able to like, hey, I really need some some help here and we need to be scrappy. We need to be nimble in our thinking and being able to to adjust to the circumstances that are here. And to me, that was just shows how valuable really great partners are, uh, both within your organization as well as those you choose to be part of it through agency partnerships. Having great people around you will help no matter the circumstance, no matter the time. But you did just get finished saying that while 2020 might not have been the best year to rebrand for everyone, it was a perfect year for you. Now, assuming, and let's suspend some disbelief here, I assume that there were some people in the organization that were looking around sort of like, you know, tugging at their collars, like, what in the world are we going to do here? Why say, why was it perfect? I mean, it sounds like 40 years after a, a more than 40 years standing, Mark, we're going to, we're going to rebrand, we're going to do it two days before that it all comes apart. What's perfect about that? Yeah, exactly. Well, it goes back to, and you know, this is why I, I, I talked to you about, I like the name of your, your podcast with Authentic Avenue is because the rebrand was, yes, it was a change in the design, but it really wasn't changing who Cole Banker was as a brand, as a company, what we stood for. And in actuality, the rebrand helped re-emphasize and showcase what Cole Banker has stood for for so long. We referred to our rebranding effort as Project North Star. 
Um, and that while we've updated the design of the logo, we've got some new fonts, we've pulled out the C and the B to represent Cole Banker, but we added a star to it. And there aren't any other real estate brands that, that have a star in their icon, plenty of other brands out there that do, but this star really symbolized two things. One, it stands for, it's the universal symbol for excellence, dating back to Pythagoras in ancient Greece, who was the first to use the five-pointed star as something to symbol an object that cannot be improved upon. It's why we have stars for movie reviews, stars for generals, Michelin stars for restaurants, and so on. But it's also symbolic of the North Star, uh, a star that's been guiding people home for thousands upon thousands of years, trailblazers, explorers, pioneers, all look to that constant in the celestial kingdom because it's the only star that doesn't move and everything else revolves around it, or that's actually how it appears to us on Earth, uh, and has been guiding people home for thousands of years. They've used that as the the constant that can guide them on their way home. And that's something that we at Coldwell Banker hold near and dear to our hearts, something we've been doing for over 114 years now. And the idea that we are the North Star of our industry and over the century long uh, existence of this brand, we've continued to showcase how we are able to stand apart and lead in times of crisis and when times are good or bad. Uh, we were actually founded in 1906 after the great San Francisco earthquake there when a guy by the name of Colbert Coldwell saw a lot of shady real estate practices going on. And he said, you know what? This isn't right. People are getting ripped off. I'm going to guarantee my services in writing and I'm going to have a commitment for, to put my customer first. And that's how he established it. We were the first brand with a code of ethics, first to use seller's disclosure. Uh, and then the, the list goes on and on after that, first with a mobile um, application first with the website, first enter on social platforms, and so on. So we've continued to show throughout our history that we are a true North Star in the real estate industry. And so that was cemented even more so last year. And the fact with all this chaos going on and where people were like, hey, you know what, we're just going to shut down everything and hope for better days in 2021. This offered us the opportunity to step out when others were being silent and lead, whether that was through the messaging we had for consumers, whether it was leadership through our CEO, Ryan Gorman, on cable news outlets talking about what was going on in the market, what was the leadership of our local companies who were providing expertise and helping out and support their local businesses and consumers there. I think it really showcased the way that Colbanker truly is the North Star. And so that being the new identity of our new mark and part of our rebrand really made a perfect, uh, perfect companion. Back in 1906, when this was all started, of course, business was done in a much different way. The way bit, to yeah. guarantee business, you put things on writing, you look people in the eye, you have a firm handshake. Plenty of these things could not have been done in 2020 under safety guidelines. And we've talked previously about this. Now I have to ask you about it now. You've moved most, if not all, the entire process of actually transacting, of doing what you need to do to make Coal Banker run as a business online. And this is, of course, in response to what you had to do in 2020. But Behavior is changing as well. You see this in other industries too. People are not going to the movie theaters, of course. There's right. a big streaming war going on. So people are consuming their content digitally. People are buying homes digitally. So that, that is something that the people in 1906 would never have thought of. And probably, you know, probably around Colwell, maybe at least a couple of years ago, people wouldn't have uh, thought there was infrastructure to do. What have you noticed in terms of consumer behavior change uh, that has influenced that, that migration? Yeah, you talked about you wouldn't have expected that in 1906. I don't think you would have expected it in 2006 or even 2016. Right. Uh, if you were talking to one of our, our agents or someone within the industry, 
And I've been with the brand for going on almost 19 years now. And throughout my entire career, as, as the progressions with technology and online have been made, there's always been this, this push and this idea of like, we've got to get to uh, a place where we can move the entire transaction online and, and allow that experience for our, our consumers. And there's been hemming and hawing all, along the way and a pushback about like, oh, it's, it's too much effort. I've been doing it this way. And so when you look at 2020, all it took was 30 days of a pandemic to move the entire real estate industry to a completely online format. Um, we've been pushing for it for over a decade and then boom, in one single year, now it's become basically the commonplace. And, and I really don't think that there's going back to it. Now that agents are used to this process, customers are used to this process, and the industry has adjusted to it, that to me was one of the most significant changes in 2020 where a virtual open house would have sounded like something far-fetched that no one would be able to do uh, maybe 24 months ago, now it is a commonplace thing. The, the advent of video and the execution of using that to showcase properties has expanded as well. So that has been the biggest consumer change that has moved our industry forward. And I think that that's here to stay. I agree. I do think it's here to stay. If I were looking to move right now, well, I, I, I sure would do anything possible to ensure that I spend minimal time <laughs> in an in-person capacity as, as, as I can. Um, the video, you know, that has, especially in the world of real estate, and I've interviewed people in the who specifically provide digital service within the real estate industry. I know that that has exploded. Agents have to adapt to this. That's where I want to go next because you mentioned earlier that having great people is really what was was the biggest learning of 2020. That was what pushed you, the business, the brand through, even through a transformation of how it looked externally. I want to. I talk about authenticity a lot here. I'm going to shift gears for a second and talk about another word I've been focusing on in, in, in a few other episodes of what I've been doing. Influencers. That's a weird word for me in conjunction with the world of real estate, unless you go to some corners of the internet and people are talking about like how to you know make money in real estate. That's a huge search term. But right. obviously, that's not the case here unless you are working as an agent. But I see these two words together now. A real estate agent, an influencer, I see them categorized as influencers. I see Coldwell Banker agents being awarded as influencers, and you've you've published about that recently on social as well. I I'd, I'd noticed that just before just before this. So how how did that happen? I've always I think of the word influencer, something else comes to mind. Yeah, the what you find out about real estate, which is really a unique aspect, is while you're competing against other companies and other agents on a regular basis, it is a very um, close camaraderie group of people who love learning from each other and sharing ideas and best practices. And so this, with the advent of social and obviously the propensity of it now, what has come from that is you start finding that there are, hey, these people are really good at this specific thing. Let me learn from them. They become these influencers. Uh, recently, we had three of our agents who were named the top 10 video influencers uh, within real estate for 2021. And what's interesting about it, the three agents, Tim Smith, he's out of Newport Beach, California, Chris Softchu out of Beverly Hills, California, Jessica uh, Edwards, who's out of Wilmington, North Carolina. I've known all, all these people for, for a few years now, is about 10 years ago, they would have been named to this list at that point as well. But the list really didn't exist or nobody really thought of it. 
they, but the key is they had been utilizing video for such a long time and they've perfected it as a way to not only market their properties, but to showcase themselves and their expertise as agents and their knowledge of the local marketplace. And that's what's truly made them influencers. And I love it because for years, uh, I would refer to myself as the video troll within the brand. I would just go around, come out from under the bridge and be like, why aren't you doing more video? Why aren't we doing video? Um, and I was able to be part of the first uh, YouTube channel in real estate that um, allowed you to search for properties for sale, which we created as part of Cold Banker. And that really sparked a movement within our brand and then eventually in the industry of the focus on video. So we as a brand have been focusing on video for years, but now that it's become this commonplace element, all of a sudden we're starting to get all the credit for that. And you're seeing our agents with likes of Tim Smith and Christoph and and Jessica Edwards be showcased as these influencers. And if you go on YouTube and you search their names, you're gonna see some fantastic stuff. Tim Smith's videos are insane productions. Some of them are music videos. Christoph does a great job of doing like run and gun videos about the, what's going on within the Beverly Hills community, as well as those high profile uh, videos of, of marquee properties. And, and Jessica Edwards started doing videos on a flip cam in her car and is now doing full productions as well. So it's really great to see that growth and seeing that uh, help shape not only their own business, but the impact of our brand as well. Well, I guess being the the video troll self-described there, I, I would say that unless you did, <laughs> I guess that you must think that, uh, you know, if any if any agent is really going to kill it for Coldwell Banker down the road, they, they got to adapt to these standards that these, influ- again, it's kind of a weird term for me to say, but these, that these influencers, these super agents, maybe I call them that, are setting, right? I mean, is that is that just where any good like broker of real estate is going to go, you think? Yeah, and I think the, there's the, the old adage that iron sharpens iron. So learning from the best is going to help your business as well. And the way that we've been, they're being showcased as these agents who are doing exceptionally well at video, others are seeing it and saying, you know what? I, I know their level and I know how well they're performing. This is something that I have to rise to uh, as well. When I, when I go around and I talk to, to agents and uh, present at events or what have you, I always talk about look at who else is doing this in your marketplace. And I guarantee you it's absolutely no one. And so this is now another differentiator for you to showcase your expertise. And you walk into a seller's house and you say, listen, I'm not just going to put a yard sign in your front yard. I'm not going to direct mail everybody in this area, but I'm going to also create video. I'm going to do a a 3D tour. I can virtually stage your property. Uh, These are things that used to be, hey, that's way too expensive. It's way too much effort. And even my my parents who are selling my, my grandma's um, condo. It's not a it's not a luscious place uh, by any stretch, very small space, but they're going to virtually stage that as well for a very affordable property. So when it becomes this commonplace thing, it, it, it will elevate um, the rest of the competition within the industry. And I think like rising tide lifts all boats and you're going to see that, but it's those who are truly stepping out and being the forerunners are that, dare I even say the North Stars of our industry are the ones who are going to lead the way. And those North Stars documenting all of this via video in any other way that they do probably also have a certain magnetism towards them because they're just, they're telling, they're telling a story from their perspective. They're being, they're being them, they're being real. And of course they did it before most others did. And that's why they're in part, why they're, you know, these superstars today. But I, here's where we'll get into, into that A word, into authenticity just a little bit. Um, Because I, I find that when uh, brands are speaking truthfully as people, that's when they're being some of the most authentic. I've done a heck of a lot of content around that previously. 
Um, but I don't purport to think that that's the number one way. That all said, when I think about brands operating truthfully or, or truly right now, when it comes to advertising, I've seen it change a bunch. Just in what I see like in a TV commercial. Sure. I know you have some thoughts on this, um, how the process of creating and putting ads into the world has changed so rapidly. I saw it in stages. You know, do they have masks on the TV commercial? Do they not? You know, it was basically yeah. just that. Um, I know that's something that you're, that you're interested in and consumers' reaction to it. Uh, do you care to elaborate a little bit? Just because I, I think that's it's something we haven't really, it's something we really haven't, really haven't talked about a lot, but it's it's the source of a lot of skepticism. Yeah, I think the, the idea of authenticity uh, became even more important last year uh, and it's going to carry carry on into 2021 and, and beyond, uh, especially in advertising. And so my personal example with that is, so we created this this campaign that we were planning to launch as part of our rebrand that, that was called uh, Guiding You Home was the name we used for it. It had uh, Simon and Garfunkel track Homeward Bound as the anthem through it. And it was telling the story of all these different people, all different walks of life, and they just want to be home. Truck driver, airline pilot, uh, football team, <clears throat> the guy on a motorcycle, bringing a baby home for the first time, all these different unique stories and really showcasing how home is that place where they just can't wait to, to get there. And home is one of the, our core values as a brand. And it's obviously something that we, we do every day, but we like to take pride in the fact that we understand not just the rational side of home ownership, but the, but the emotional side as well. And that we take pride in, we're in a business where we're helping people fulfill the American dream of home ownership and even internationally as well. We're not selling shoes or, or cars. It's something that's really impacting and changing people's lives. And so we take pride in that. And so when this pandemic hits and March Madness gets canceled and we've got this amazing ad unit out there, uh, our first reaction was like, well, what do we do now with this? They don't have masks on. We're showing people going home, but we're in our homes. Is that going to still resonate with with folks or not, how do we go about this? And so I saw a lot of companies just stop doing advertising altogether, both within our industry and not. And what it came down to it is we looked at our message and we were gonna end our ad with the with the, a line that you know only one real estate brand has been guiding people home for 114 years, you know, Cobalt Banker. And so we made a, the decision to make a small adjustment to it. And we ended with the line, home, it's never been more important. Stay safe, stay healthy banker. And that small change, and we put that out there on, on cable news and some other outlets, streaming and online, all of a sudden, the reaction to it was unbelievably positive. We didn't have anyone wearing masks in it because we obviously filmed it before. You know, people are already stuck in their homes. And we're talking about being uh, going home. You know, would that resonate? But the, the issue was is that it connected directly with who Cole Banker is and what we've stood for, and what we've been saying for so long. And therefore, it still made that connection with consumers and was the highest rated real estate ad in the industry, making it the ninth straight year that we've had the highest rated ad in real estate, according to Ace Metrics, which is an ad rating service. So you put that together and then all of a sudden we found that different aspects of that we could use for our other campaigns where we just happened to have a nurse as the uh, central person within our ad as being the focal point in the, the ad ends with, with her coming home to uh, her child and we had a truck driver and we had an airline pilot. And all of a sudden these people were the most essential workers that were out there of getting deliveries done, helping take care 
And so we created a miniature campaign around hometown heroes around telling their story, but all stemmed from this idea that we were not trying to create a campaign or an advertisement that wasn't authentic to who we are as a brand. And because we stuck with what we know to be true and what Callbanker stands for, it allowed us to have the flexibility to deliver that message regardless of the circumstances that were around us. That's really nice to know that you didn't necessarily have to get mired down in the details of, okay, well, this week they're saying, you know, masks everywhere, indoors, outdoors. God, I hope we have an ad spot about that. It was more of the story, not the restriction, that led to the high response that you'd been used to. Nice job, nine years in a row, by the way. <laughs> uh, so what what does that... So I think that's, that's of course, reflective of what the skepticism that I had had implied, which was that some people saw these ads and were like, ah, why don't they have the mask on? It's like, well, you know, you have to understand first off, like the limitations of, of production, you know, sometimes these things are just yep. out there, but also, you know, right, right, as, you know, as we rightly talk about the escapism of watching something like a television program when it paired with an ad that doesn't have those in mind, it's kind of refreshing in a weird, in a weird way. Um, this and, and maybe we'll start to, to round out here because you seem to have a point of view on this and perhaps then there's, there's advice as to how to be authentic regardless of the situation. I've heard this, you know, every, very soon after masks were in commercials and then very quickly out of commercials, you still had this, you know, everybody stay safe, stay home. Everybody did that, you know, celebrating essential workers. This happened in, in other industries as well. Uh, I know that uh, you've been geeking out a little bit over the uh, not just the streaming wars, but the food delivery wars. Yep. So you're looking at a lot of industries that have been focusing on this. And I think now in 2021, we're going to start to see some of the, the fallout of what is really deemed an essential worker or not. Listeners uh, will have been listening to this about a week since Prop 22 uh, started to take effect right. in California, which means that essential these quote unquote essential workers are now being laid off uh, in, in, you know, instead of using them, we're now using gig economy workers, which, you know, maybe has a good and a bad, but you're looking at some of these other industries. Are you learning anything from, from these other folks? Like, you know, the way that Disney plus and HBO is doing business or the way that DoorDash or Postmates or Newbreeze is doing business that maybe show you a way of things that you could be doing differently in the real estate industry as a first mover. My assumption is yes, but is there anything specific within there that you're looking at? Yeah, I I take pride in looking outside of our industry to help drive ideas uh, within the industry. I jokingly tell people all the time, if you look at my career, you can track back every project and idea that I've been involved in to one of like three things, comic books, uh, sports, or late night television. And <laughs> there's, there's some seed of that throughout that. So yeah, I've been looking at uh, absolutely on the streaming side of things, how have they been able to adjust um, the product that they offer and the mechanism of delivery. Because when you think about it, you know, pivot is the, the number one term for, for last year. And now it's become this thing that we have to be able to pivot quickly and nimbly. And I think you look at how uh, a lot of these studios had to adjust. And we'll use Disney f for one example, is Disney has long been in the business of creating, you know, family-oriented content. Like if we were to bear it down to the bare bones, that's, that's what they're all about. And they would use that, and then most of their money was made through cable uh, licensing. And that you would have the Disney Channel, Disney XD, Disney Junior, all these things are all on your cable stations so that you can watch their content whenever you want. Uh, but they saw early on, hey, how are those adjustments being made to moving online, connected TVs? 
we should start preparing for that. And so they no longer had to rely on this rely on a single vehicle or mechanism for them to be profitable and also deliver what their consumer wants. Now, all of a sudden, through Disney Plus, that that is now I think I I heard on a um, or I read an article that Disney Plus has about two thirds of Netflix's uh, subscriber count, but they've did it in a single year versus Netflix over like eight or nine years. Wow. So that shows someone who is, saw where things were going, was prepared to make that adjustment and then had the mechanisms in place in order to do that. So I really look at that as a great example. And I think that we've seen, we've been laying the foundation for the move to a fully virtual uh, home selling and buying experience online for, for a while now. And that was then just executed in the time uh, of great pressure that was last year. We've been laying that groundwork for video, and now we're seeing that become the one of the most popular mechanisms for to showcase your value as an agent and what you can do to sell uh, a home or showcase a local community. So it's all those building blocks. And uh, one of my counterparts, Mike Fisher, um, he was he was the senior vice president of marketing and, and CMO for CallBanker before me, and now he runs an in-house um, agency called The Studio that we still work with, and we talk all the time, and we joke that like. We're seeing all these things happen today. We're like, hey, remember we did that in 2008 and like nobody thought it was like good or anything. And, and now here it's become commonplace. And so I think that that's the key. It's not just one thing that you're doing now. Is is there a culture and a mechanism for which you can continue to push the envelope a little bit to try something new for where is the consumer going? How do you get out ahead of that? And if you're consistently laying that groundwork, then that will be able to turn your culture uh, into something that is going to be relevant for the future and help you reach that the consumer in years to come. Well, maybe I can help you with this observing of other industries for a little bit because I do have a show in which I can talk to some of these folks. Who would you really like to hear from? I mean, within these organizations, is there somebody you're like, God, I'd really like to know like how they thought of that or like something like that? Yeah, I mean, I was uh, impressed with uh, the HBO Max uh, rollout and mechanism and as uh, a father of four boys and um, who, who love superhero movies and my wife's a big Wonder Woman fan. To me, HBO Max was like a huge thing. It was like, oh man, they're going to release Wonder Woman on Christmas Day and I only have to pay, pay 15 bucks. Where if we went to the theater, <laughs> it would have been like 75 to $100 for all this to go. And uh, looking at them and Disney Plus, and I'd really love to know who is the content strategist? Who's the person um, that's kind of looking at all these different storylines and platforms, putting them together and how they are releasing them and pushing them out to the consumer. I think like that is a fascinating side of things. And what are the measurements that they're looking at in order to, like there isn't a ratings point system um, going on with Disney plus and streaming services. So they're looking at view counts, like households, what's all that data and how is that allowing them to then remarket and extend into their brand ecosystem? That would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, I'm pretty interested in that too. It wasn't it wasn't that long ago that Netflix did like a top ten, and so you could kind of see what was the yeah. most popular thing. And even that was considered revelatory for a lot of binge watchers of things. I'd be interested in talking to yeah HBO, especially. And I know we talked about it a little before, but all those different HBO offerings now into this like seemingly umbrella HBO Max, of course, offering um, things like Wonder Woman. Uh, without any additional charge. Disney Plus, very interesting. Just finished The Mandalorian just last night. It should be noted. Uh, now familiar with their offering or part of partly with their offering. Oh yeah, that was a cool. Uh, listeners, not going to spoil anything. Great season finale. So I uh, 
we'll leave you to that. But I'll try both. You know, I'll get them just for you, David. I'll bring them on, uh, and then I'll and I'll send it to your inbox. But, Perfect. Um, Love it. Because since I can't do that right now, and since I can't provide our listeners to that right now, I'll provide them with the next best thing, and that is your thoughts as we round out this conversation, specifically advice. And again, I'm going to go back to this A word of authenticity because you've now been at the helm of a brand uh, for uh, this amount of time through which you've been able to be a first mover in many different things. You have been able to successfully market no matter the time. You have been able to take a pretty adverse situation to most and turn it into what is, quote, the best year to rebrand for us, which I think is interesting. And through it, the whole way I've learned about how to be authentic. So my question on behalf of the listeners of this show who are brand builders in their own right and perhaps who emulate your journey how can they carve their own path to personal truth, to their version of authenticity? How, how can they set up their own building blocks? Uh, I'm a big fan of storytelling. It's, it's something that I, I talk about a lot. Uh, I see a lot of value in. I think it's why I'm also obsessed with things like The Mandalorian and streaming services and comic books and, and what have you. And the question that I asked at the start of the, our whole rebranding journey uh, with Cobalt Banker, was what is our story? What do we stand for? What is uh, the message that we say, what is, what is Cole Banker all about that you can succinctly say that truly is different? It's authentic to you as a brand, but also it's, it separates you from the pack. And diving in and being able to know what is that story and how do I get everyone in my organization, in my brand, how do I get it to, they live and breathe it every day? How does this seep through every single thing that I am putting out there, whether it's a you know, massive television campaign or social media post? how does it all connect back to that story? And that to me is something that I, I think is critical to the success of our rebrand in the past year, but also something that has to be part of the lifeblood uh, of a marketer and someone who's a brand caretaker for the future as well. Because that is basically your the truth that you can rely on. That's the foundation by which everything else can go back to. And whenever, whenever someone wants to divert from that, you have now this thing in place that says, hey, this, this really is our story. This is what we're all about. And if it doesn't speak and help uh, propel that storyline, it doesn't belong in, in what we're doing as a brand. So I encourage all of you, if you have not defined your story, what is your mission statement? your core values and make make sure those core values are not the same thing that you can find on any other page where you Google core values, but something that's truly unique and authentic to you as a brand. That's where uh, the key starts. It's something that I work on all the time, even through the way in which I do these interviews. Uh, and the listeners, you'll learn about that again real soon on this show. But in terms of my personal story over the next year or two, I'll tell you something I'm going to do, David. I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to want to. I'm going to have to. And so I now I know, uh, well, I guess I knew before. Uh, one of the places where I was going to look for that, whether Excellent. it be to you directly or to your influencers or whatever it may be. Um, but for now, and telling me this story and geeking out with me a little bit around other industries too. Uh, thanks very much for this time. It was a pleasure to chat with you. Same here, Adam. Good talking with you. Moving is on my personal agenda for the next year or two. And so I appreciate this time to learn from the helm of one of the brands that might help me out with that.
So thanks to you, David, and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning into our conversation. If you like what you heard, of course, stay subscribed on Apple or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you leave a rating and review there, that would be especially helpful. But I'm also on social media, LinkedIn, do a lot of LinkedIn, Authentic Avenue. We're nearing 200 members on that page there. And I'm also at Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. Send me an email. Let me know who should be on the show next. Or if you are thinking about building your own podcast for your business, I know a heck of a lot about that too. Either way, I'm going to wrap it up. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you, thanks for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.